This week on Dynasty Domain, we are going to project the fantasy production for NFC players after doing the AFC players last week. It should be fun. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt. Hey, hey. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. We hope you're enjoying uh, the preseason portion of the NFL season because we definitely really aren't enjoying it that much. I think between the less than subpar football and the less than subpar fantasy valuations, um, it's just been a little bit nauseating at this point. But Yeah, with that, though, we do have uh, two very exciting pieces of news this week. The first one being that we are approaching our final week. That's our third week of preseason football. <laughs> I actually got to use the sound effect. Button. Thank you so much. Yes. We are very excited that uh, the preseason is almost over because this has been awful. Uh, the second big piece of news was obviously Deshaun Watson. And uh, yes, it came sir. out this week that Deshaun Watson is going to serve. <laughs> it just makes me laugh already thinking about it. He's going to serve an 11 game suspension. He's going to get paid I mean, or he's going to pay what? Five million dollars, which is nothing, I think. Right. I mean, that's like jump change compared to his contract. But regardless, it was just funny to see. Oh, uh, Amari Cooper stock down, Njoku stock up. People like just taking the stocks. I'm like, you know, honestly, I think this is about what we expected for Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, we we it was somewhere between ten games in a year. Yep. And so, obviously, I think on the lower end, like I'm not looking at this and saying, okay, this is killing or or really helping anybody's value in the Browns this year. I mean, obviously, the big the big news of that in fantasy perspective is that Deshaun Watson will be back for the the fantasy playoffs. You know, assuming all goes well, uh, right. and Amari Cooper will have Deshaun Watson for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, but. unless actually th- this would be interesting to see. Um, just with what happens with the Browns this season with Brissett, if they end up being crappy for the first eleven games, I wonder how much they'll want to risk. They'll they'll probably want to get Deshaun in there to get playing time and for him to kind of warm up before the start of next season. But if they're bad, they're not going to want to probably risk injury or anything like that or go too crazy with him when he comes later in the season. That's just something to look out for. Well, um, me personally, with the way I'm ranking him, I'm still going to be a little bit conservative. I'm going to put him up a significant number of spots, definitely back into the top 12, um, probably leave him just outside of the top six, personally, just sure, just until we see him on the field again. And I think, you know, if you're playing redraft, how dare I say that word, but if you're playing redraft, I think it's more of a thing like, okay, if he's one of your starting quarterbacks, you know, if you're in a super flex redraft league, uh, good luck getting in the playoffs. I mean, that's it, just, I think it's going to be hard for people playing redraft to own Deshaun Watson. And if you're playing dynasty, you're in a little bit of a better position as long as you're not set up to contend this year. Because obviously, if you have a good enough team to where you can compete, get in the playoffs, and then Deshaun Watson can come back and he's startable, that's ideal and you've done a really good job building your team. But the fact of the matter is QBs aren't abundant enough for dynasty teams usually to have that luxury of being able to start two very startable QBs and then bring Deshaun Watson in to help for the playoffs. So, you know, in a dynasty league, it's a little bit easier because you can stash Deshaun for next year and build, you know, even a year in advance. So I don't, yeah, I don't really see any big value dips or value spikes from this news, but not even, not even really with Deshaun. I mean, we have him about in the same range now and yeah, it'll be interesting to see him get back out there. Yeah. It is definitely good to, to know at least for now what, having a timetable for his yes. return. I'm, and I'm glad we can stop talking about it. So Yeah, that's so, probably the last bit of news you're going to hear from us on Deshaun and his dynasty value for the foreseeable future. Hopefully. Until he's on the field again. Yeah, so. which will, at that point, either go back up to where it was or it will go down, which yep. will be interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, trade scenario of the week. We're going to kind of build off of what we talked about last week in our short, our YouTube short. If you haven't checked those out, make sure you go to our YouTube page, uh, Dynasty Domain, and check out um, some of our videos. But we actually released a YouTube video last week, and we talked about guys that are getting a lot of preseason hype that, you know, before the preseason, they really weren't even notable. Even, even they didn't really have any notoriety at all. No, they, they were kind of crapshoot picks pre-NFL draft. And now they're getting preseason hype, which, as we have said, the preseason means nothing. 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 Did you say nothing? I, I think I said it. Um, they're getting preseason hype, and now it's, oh, well... You know, they're worth this, they're worth that, whatever. Oh, we we kind of released a video to, just talking about how you should be valuing players through these through these hype spikes during the preseason. Um, but building off of that, Nathan, actually, you personally made a trade this week that I want to talk about because I think it perfect, perfectly 
demonstrates how you should be handling some of these hype hype players, how you should be moving off of some of these players that are probably at their value spike unless something crazy happens. Let's hear it. What, so what trade did you pull off this week? Yeah, so uh, this happened just recently. Um, I, I kind of decided to throw out some some low ball offers to get Pacheco off my hands. That's Isaiah Pacheco from Kansas City because of his training camp hype. Uh, you know, just trying to get some solid assets out of him. And I got a counter back for uh, giving up Romeo Dubs, Zamir White, and Pacheco and receiving Cortland Sutton in a 23 third. I mean, I don't even like Cortland Sutton. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I can't stand him, but I'm with you there. I don't like him at all. This is a smash except for me. So let's break this down. It just let's try to be a little bit more conservative about it because obviously, you know, and this is at Notorious Nick, who's who's in our, I think at least one or two of our leagues. So uh, shout out to Notorious Nick, and obviously, you know, you're probably not going to take your side of this trade, but there are plenty of people, and I think you'll agree with this. There. This are, is why I threw these trades out. There are plenty. Of there people are plenty who of would. people that are that are preferring, you know, buying into guys like Romeo Dubs, buying into guys like Isaiah Pacheco. Um, and then Zamir Wyatt, obviously we like him more than James Cook, but that's not saying a lot. Um, we weren't, I don't think we're super impressed with either of them, to be honest. So breaking this down, I think Cortland Sutton, obviously there are some people, um, that just aren't sold on Cortland Sutton. Uh, there are a lot of people actually, and, and this is a whole other discussion itself that are taking Judy's and Sutton's splits from last year, totally different system. Totally different quarterback, to- completely 100% different environment. But they're taking their splits on the field last year and using that as uh, grounds to say that Sutton is ab- going to be not productive and is worth nothing and that Judy is the clear wide receiver one, which is just downright irresponsible. But I think it's kind of dumb, too. Um, with that being said, even though I probably would agree, I obviously have you know Jerry Judy ranked significantly higher than Cortland Sutton in every rankings for a lot of reasons. I don't think there's any evidence that Cortland Sutton won't be the wide receiver one with Russ. Obviously, you know, I, it's just going to depend on the quarterback wide receiver chemistry. And that you see it happen a lot with these veteran wide receivers. And I would call Cortland Sutton a veteran at this point um, where they can connect with a new uh, recently shipped elite quarterback. And it's I, I mean, I'm, I'm having a really hard time thinking of a wide receiver who was middle of the road until an elite quarterback got shipped to their team. And now they had one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. I can't think of an example. Not even one Cooper Cup. No, not not at all. I mean, nobody would have said Cooper Cup was going to be anything last year. So it just goes to show that you don't know anything, and neither do we. But we know we don't. And and so I think with Cortland Sutton... <laughs> As a contender, you're taking the Cortland Sutton side all day. Um Actually, Cortland in the third, even on keep trade cut, it has this as a fair trade. Um Probably would have used. Which is... Yeah, that you're right. It's probably it probably is what he used. He also has been throwing out Cortland Sutton offers for a while. He wants them off his hands, but you know, for me as a contender, I didn't have any use for Dubs, White, or Pacheco. And really, even even further than their potential production in the NFL, just look at their draft capital. Not only in the NFL, but look at their draft capital in dynasty rookie drafts. I mean, these guys. Dubs and Pacheco were going mid fourth in rookie startup, or, or yeah. sorry, mid fourth in rookie uh, in dynasty rookie drafts. Yes, easy. And Dubs was going, or sorry, Zamir White was going late second at the earliest. Early third. Cortland Sutton's worth so much more than a second and two fourths. Absolutely. Uh, in, <laughs> Especially in a weak draft class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're looking in startup terms, Sutton goes in the eighth round pretty consistently. That's a good um, spot for Sutton. Honestly, and that's a smash. Dubs, White, and Pacheco go 13th, 17th, and 21st rounds. Like if you could pull off that trade mid startup draft, that's, that's wild. And obviously, there are going to be some people that say, well, Things have changed Things have because changed. of training camp, right? and that's exactly the point that's that the we're point. arguing. This is why you sell these guys now. They have no draft capital starting out, and you got excited about them because of training camp and preseason because they scored touchdowns or they ran more than Josh Jacobs. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember after— Jacobs isn't even playing do you remember in the preseason. After, yeah, I was going to say, do you remember after the Hall of Fame game, everybody was saying that Josh Jacobs was not even going to start, that he was you know, going to get the Antonio Gibson treatment, that— he was obviously playing in the Hall of Fame game meant that he was just he had a bad future with the Raiders. And he outperformed every back in that game he hasn't played since. 
it just shows to show how how quick we are to jump to assumptions with these players and their values in the preseason when in reality it actually means very little if not nothing in terms of what it's going to mean for their overall value compared to when they actually play in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. So I think really the big thing that we're taking away from this is not just to throw the throw shade to the team that oh, no, took no. the side that I didn't take. This is more just this is kind of the point that we've been making the last couple of weeks and we're saying be cautious because yeah. There is little NFL team investment in these late round assets. Yeah. They're expendable. Yeah. No, they I, just are. And Court, I mean, Cortland Sutton is coming off a four year, $60 million deal that he just signed last season. And he's now tied to an elite fantasy quarterback. Yeah. And like I said, we're not, I, and this, I think this is an interesting question. If you were rebuilding, would you take the Cortland Sutton side still? No, I, I wouldn't even consider it unless a guy like Christian Watson was included in there. No, no, no. I, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, say that again. See, would you still take the Cortland Sutton side if you were rebuilding? And over oh, the- yes, oh yes, because the return I can get on Cortland Sutton midseason is going to be more than any of these guys. All right, fair point. Uh, let's do a super sleeper of the week, and let's just and then let's talk about the NFC projections. So, what did sleeper say to us this week that we really didn't appreciate? Man, what did sleeper not say? Yeah, they yeah, they they said a lot of things this week, but uh, the the one that really stood out to us, and this just goes so well with all of the time we've spent on uh, James Cook mainly. But this says uh, beat Buffalo backfield shaping up as three man committee. No way, no crap. The Buffalo backfield is going to be a committee backfield. The Buffalo backfield is is no basically going to be a backfield that's tied to an elite quarterback who mainly passes and runs himself? No. No. That's impossible. That doesn't make any sense. When did this happen? Since when does Buffalo not have a bell cow back? Since when is James Cook not going to be a bell cow back? Oh, nobody said James Cook would be a bell cow back. Well, people are drafting him like he is. Seriously. They seriously are. Legit. Like there <laughs> it, there are bell cow backs in the league that are be draft that are being drafted after, after James, James Cook. Cook. Okay. Enough said. All, ki- Let's, all kinds of stupid. <laughs> Sleeper uh, stop. Let's yeah. move on. The NFL, um, obviously, like I said, getting into full swing here, and we did the AFC projections last week. We're going to jump in and do a uh, projection for the NFC. We made we made a big mistake last week because we accidentally said that every single player that we mentioned would be a QB2 and a wide receiver 2 and RB2. We accidentally labeled everybody. Uh, oh, wait. We didn't. We didn't actually do that, <laughs> but we got that feedback. Interesting. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to try not to do that today because I know it's hard for some people to, to just count and keep track, but I'll try to make it really easy for everybody today to realize that we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of guys that have, you know, second at their position ceiling, but the, we're not going to project them to finish there. I think the NFC is going to be a little weaker, especially, and I, I just think, you know, I, I think this is pretty obvious at this point. The NFC is, is, a lot less. It is inferior to the AFC. A lot less stacked right now. There are yes. a lot more fantasy relevant players, you know, in the AFC as a whole, like just in, in general. Um, so that probably felt. It's probably why it felt like that. But I think I think you'll you know realize today that it's just not gonna. Yeah, this NFC's. may mean though that we can spend a little more time on uh, on some of these teams and the players that we like or dislike. But we'll we'll be able to fly through these a lot faster, I think, than we will with the AFC. And we're gonna start flying through. The Eagles in the NFC East. Uh, fly, Eagles, fly. Let's start with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Because um, we don't talk about him much at all, you know? Yeah. We have an all-off season. No, I've never said anything negative about Jalen Hurts. Never. Honestly, Jalen Hurts is going to be a QB1 this year. You know, um, Jalen Hurts was a QB1 last year, and he has better weapons. I mean, it's fairly obvious that Jalen Hurts will be a QB1. Um, and I think, you know, that doesn't mean anything for his long-term dynasty value. But at the same time, I think if you have Jalen Hurts in your roster this year, and again, this does not justify him going at the one-two turn in startup drafts at all, but I do think he's going to be a QB1 pretty clearly there with A.J. Brown and and, and Devonta Smith, who we'll talk about actually next. So the Eagles receivers, um, you know, with A.J. Brown, oh, I think it's tough. I think it's going to be tough to project these Eagles receivers because obviously A.J. Brown, when he has been on the field consistently, has been a wide receiver one in the NFL. In dynasty, in fantasy, but do we really expect that from him in his first year in a new system with an okay throwing quarterback? A team we expect to be better in the Eagles, but do we really expect AJ Brown to be a wide receiver one here? 
Uh, expect him to know that he, he has a ceiling to be a low end wide receiver one, in my opinion. Where did he finish? Just out of curiosity, I, I think he was, he played how many games last year? Because I know he missed at least four, right? Yeah, yeah. It, and honestly, I mean, this is what we've been talking about with AJB this entire offseason is how he is being faded quite a bit because he's in a so-called worse situation when we would actually argue that he's in a better situation tied to Devontae Smith when they can help each other out a bit and defenses aren't just focused on AJB and the secondary. Um, he's always been on the fringe of wide receiver one in his career, but his upside is a lot greater than that. I could see him being on the fringe again this year. And then after that, really being insane in terms of fantasy production, but his ceiling is his sky is ceiling's high. I mean, yeah. and here's, here's an argument people might make. Um, I mean, and you and I both know this, but realistically, like Jalen Hurts isn't really that big of a, a downgrade from Ryan Tannehill. No, no. I think the main Not issue is is Devonta Smith and Goddard and, and those guys who are a lot more elite than any other weapon Tennessee had last year that are going to be competing for targets with A.J. Brown. I'm going to, you don't have to agree with me on this. I'm going to say A.J. Brown is a low end. I'm going to say he comes in at wide. If he plays the whole season, I'm going to say he's wide receiver 12, 11 or 12. Yeah. I, I think it's. I, I think he's going to end up being a low end wide receiver one. I, I think that's going to surprise some people too. But we've been saying no, it all I won't off be surprised season. at all. He, it wouldn't surprise me at all. We've been. But we've been saying it all off season. I mean, he's been a very large buy this off season. His, yeah, his, absolutely. He's he's extremely dominant. He's extremely gifted. So yeah, and um, another guy we did a short on. That's that's Devonte Smith, who also has become a heck of a buy for us as well. Who we have, I and mean, he finished this what wide receiver twenty nine last year. Um, honestly, I would imagine he and he improves on that, don't you think? I mean, production-wise, absolutely. And that he, he's definitely going to get more than 900 yards, which he did his rookie season, which is insane. And people consider him a disappointment. Yeah, I, I, he was. He, I mean, and, I and, and from a wall and from a watching standpoint, he was a little bit underwhelming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a risky here. I'm gonna put him in the wide receiver two range. That's so risky. I know, because everybody's a wide receiver two. Um, <laughs> probably a low end wide receiver too, don't you think? Like, he was if he was 29th last year, I would expect him to finish anywhere from 18 to 24, probably. Yeah, yeah, I expect more development out of him this year, but yeah. he's more than fantasy relevant. He's absolutely flexible, I, I, week I, in I, and week out. What about Miles Sanders? Uh, he's safe for me. Uh, be, before we did our YouTube shorts and we were doing written shorts on locals, um, I. I wrote a little something on him and really found that he's he is one of the most reliable backs when it comes to being able to produce consistently without scoring touchdowns. Okay. The question is, will he remain healthy? That's the biggest question. And, um, and, and the, the funny thing that most people's main argument here would be that Gainwell is going to take stuff from him, which I think is... Dumb. No, I think that's crap. Yeah, Gain, is. Gainwell is a great value brand, Naheem Hines. <laughs> Seriously, he, yeah, is. he is. Uh Miles Sanders, that that is the one thing that I guess Gamewell took away, you could say, from Sanders. Sanders had a bit of receiving upside his rookie year, um, or first two seasons. And then when Gamewell came in, he really took that away his first season. Um, but Sanders, even before Gamewell came in, Sanders touches in the receiving game were were or in the passing game were declining anyways. And they reverted to him as a as a rusher and as a go to bell cow as it was. So, and, right. and then come red zone, they punched it in with Boston Scott guys like that. And sure. that are just bigger bodies. Sanders though, I would say he's, he's very, he's just a very, very reliable guy that you can get in late rounds. I'm not buying him. I'm not selling him. There's a question about what's going to happen to him after this season, since this is his last mm -hmm. year on his rookie deal. If he doesn't show up this year, he's probably not going to have a place in the NFL. If he does, I don't see Philly re-signing him. Um, but I do see someone picking him up and maybe giving him a couple years chances and he'll probably remain where he is. And obviously, you know, with the Eagles, you expect a couple things this year. You expect them to be better. I think you'd also expect them to, I mean, they obviously in the past have been a very run heavy team. I would expect them not to run it as much this year as they have in the last two years. I just, I just think, I think obviously they've invested in the passing game. They believe in Jalen Hurts. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Why wouldn't they take their investments and, and, and go use them? 
Um, with that, I don't know, man. I think Miles Sanders' ceiling is an RB2, don't you think? Low-end RB2. So I, th- I think it's more likely he ends up in, in, on the fringe between a, a RB2 and RB3. Yeah, and that's what he's done his entire career. I mean, he's on a points-per-game basis. His rookie year, he was 21st, then he went to 17th and 32nd last year, battling with a lot of um, injuries. So yeah. he, he'll, he'll be flirting with RB2 numbers low-end. He could be high-end RB3, and that's absolutely yeah flexible. What, so. about, what about Goddard? Goddard was 11th last year in PPR leagues. Do you really see that like increasing? Uh, Not much, no. No. And, and again, so I he's mean... He's probably you, a high-end tight end, too. High-end tight end, too? That, that's hardly even startable. That's what I'm saying. That's, man, that's... He's... I have a really hard time um, saying that he will not make the top 12 as a tight end because he he is borderline elite in terms of athletic talent. Okay, I will say he played only 15 games last year. Yeah, he's... So from a points per game, I mean, I think he was top 10. Yeah. So what? I think 11 to 13 is where he's going to finish, though. If I were it's, to put my money on, since we think Jalen Hurts has his limitations... I really do. Um, if anyone were to take a step back in production this season, it will probably be Devontae I, Smith. Really? Yeah, in production, in production, not as a, not as a dynasty asset, and I wouldn't even take a hit to his value, personally. I I just think AJB is too dominant. So you Goddard is too easy of a target to throw to because he's catching everything his way and hurts. I I mean we've seen this we see we saw this last year Tyler Huntley all he did was throw crossing routes to to Mark Andrews because he couldn't do anything else. Your your first go to is always going to be the tight end and the dominant receiver, the elite receiver, which is AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is elite as well, but AJB just has more experience. Yeah, Devontae is gonna he's gonna take another season or two to develop because that's what receivers do, even elite ones. Devonte Adams, guys. We'll see. I I think I think Devonta has a very good chance to take a huge step up this year. I honestly think it's it's going to be Goddard that in, get in, gets the short end of the stick. But even then, I think his floor is going to be like high end tight end too. Yeah, he he's too good to have. So he, so I think I think we would floor. we would say probably low end tight end one there. Yes. which is which is what would, most people would probably expect. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Cowboys, uh, Dak. I, I I think he's. I hope you don't disagree with this. I think he's a surefire QB one this year. He's always a surefire QB one. I mean, but, but people are going to make the weapons argument, and I just don't. I think I think that's with, crap. With CD and Schultz and the running backs, there's not going to be an issue. It's he the was, same argument as Mahomes. Crap. He was eighth in PPR leagues last year. I, I don't think he does any worse than tenth this year. So nope. Uh, CD Lamb, I think pretty clearly we think he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. I think this is the year he probably breaks out. Um, obviously, the target share is going to be largely his. Uh, he's extremely talented. Dak has a healthy season under his belt now. I think it's pretty. I think I think we think that this is CD's breakout year. So, um, in terms of other guys on that, I mean, Michael Gallup when he comes back probably going to be a wide receiver three, maybe in points per game. Yeah. But overall, like I mean, it depends on when he comes back. He's probably going to end up in he, wide receiver. He could be a real five. nice addition for a, a team in dynasty who's contending looking to make a push at the end of the season and they have a couple injuries on their team that they had to deal with. And now they're like, Oh shoot. Now we have Michael Gallup back and then you can throw him in there and he'll probably do some good stuff for you. Yeah. I would say wide receiver three or four, you know, max just based yeah, on, the he's fact never he's really not, done anything better than that. He's just, he's, he's a boomer bust guy on a week to week basis usually, but Jay, it's, he's worth starting with Jalen Tolbert. I, I would be impressed if he got in a wide receiver three range. I, I would probably project wide receiver four or five range with him. I'm not seeing him have a big production. I'm here. seeing him doing little to nothing this season. Yep. In terms of fantasy relevance, Dalton Schultz, I think is tight in one. I mean, a tight in one for sure. Oh, he's Pro- probably top. He's top six, top six. He's pretty easily, uh, yep. not less target share. Great fit in Dallas. Hope he stays there long term. Not sure about that. Uh, and then Zeke, he was sneaky productive last year. Is this where he slides down to RB2? Yes. What about Pollard? RB3? RB4? Three. I'm I'm totally okay with both. They uh, Zeke, maybe Zeke could be a high end RB2 and Pollard a low end RB2. But I that's that's that. the ceiling that. that that's the ceiling of the overall RB production there in Dallas. I really see Zeke being more a mid-grade guy and then Pollard taking some stuff away here and there, but he doesn't have the element of surprise anymore. Zeke has been a slow but steady decline his entire career. And he's 
it's it's not like he's going to find some superhuman strength in him and defy all running back odds. This is this is the greatest trend in football that you can always count on is once running backs reach this age and they have as much wear and tear as a guy like Zeke Elliott does, they are going to continue to decline when they've shown that they are declining. Derrick Henry, until he got injured, didn't really show much signs of decline. And he's like the only exception to this rule in, in modern, in modern dynasty football. Yeah. And, and, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that. I, I know, oh, everybody's a while, uh, running back two in your episode. Well, no. I, I think, you know, with Zeke, he was an RB1 last year, and Pollard was a high-end RB3. So naturally, I think if, you know, I don't think their combined production will decrease just based purely on the fact that their wide receiver room is fairly thin. So if you are expecting Zeke to take a step down and be a high-end running back two, it's only natural that, that Pollard would be a low-end running back two. So... Yep. Um, and he was he was already the last two seasons. He's been outside of the top twelve in points per game. Right. So it's not it's not it's pretty. Not, it's not pretty at all. No. Uh, with the Giants, ugh, I hate this team for fantasy. Uh, Daniel Jones, his ceiling is probably. I don't know. I think his ceiling at this point is a low end quarterback too. <laughs> I just, that's what he keeps doing. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think his weapons are that improved. And honestly, you know what? I don't even think at this point, I, this is a preseason tidbit that I actually believe because I've seen it with him. I actually don't think he has that starting job locked up. I mean, I think Tyrod Taylor is really pushing him for that job. I think that's, I think that's not about how, you know, if that Tyrod Taylor's talented or anything or he's a buy or whatever. Yeah, and especially having a new coaching staff in there and a new head coach. Which could help him, but um, I really do think Daniel Jones well, is just bad. Maybe not even help him. Maybe just be like, there is no sense of loyalty to the guy that you invested in. They'll draft a QB the Giants. next year. They'll draft a QB next year. Daniel Jones will have that draft capital to maybe get another opportunity for a crap team and a starting job next year, and that's when you sell him. Um, yeah. I, he's, I, I, so, he's but still, production-wise, production probably a QB three maybe gets into QB two range. I think I don't, I, yeah. I, I think most of that, I think Saquon Barkley will have a huge workload this year. Sleeper told me that. So it must, Oh, be quote, huge workload. Um, it's almost like he was a, what was he? The second overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see Kadarius Tony being a wide receiver two this year. I, I think he's, a wide I don't receiver. see any giants receiver being fantasy relevant. I think, he, I think he's because a wide receiver they never, three at They best. haven't been since Jones was there. I think he's a wide receiver three at best. We always love the talent of the Giants receiving room. I've always loved the talent of the receiving room. I really think Sterling Shepard is a good... I he's, think, a, he's a. I think Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver, receiver four or five. I think Kadarius Tony gets in a wide receiver three or four. I think that's it. Shepard's three. I think Saquon Barkley is a top five scoring fantasy running back this year. Yeah. I mean, are we right? I mean, if he stays healthy, obviously, but but obviously we're going to project him to be an RB one. I think he's going to be their offense, and he's going to look. I think he's just going to end up look good. I think he's going to be a league winner. You're getting him at the fourth round in yep. startup drafts. Yeah, fantasy football players have short memories. Oh yeah, and we have forgotten how insane, absolutely insane Saquon Barkley was. And it's funny that we have a short memory with him, but we don't with CMC. Like CMC yeah. is still going top five in, in fantasy football. It's ridiculous. I, I I do not. Yeah, don't even get me started. But um, they don't have any other fantasy relevant running backs. They don't have any fantasy relevant tight ends there. So that's it. Bad fantasy team. Uh, let's go to the Washington Commanders or the Commies or the Communists, depending on who you're asking. Um, I think Carson Wentz will be a QB. Wait for it. Two. <gasps> I think. Terry McLaurin. I mean, Terry McLaurin has like a career art. Dude, wide he has a career two. wide receiver too. He will not get any better. So you can chalk that one down, and I don't care if you're mad about it. Um, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver three or four, three or four at three best. at most, three at most. Uh, Antonio Gibson. Oh gosh, we're gonna ruffle some feathers here. Um, we'll save some of it for the short. But where do you want to? Where do you want to put him? Gibson, I, I'm RB two. I'm tempted to put him in an RB two. RB two, man. Everybody's a two. They, what he's done the last two to, seasons. They need, to, they need to count how many people he is, they're putting as wide. He receiver has never been a bell cow. He's never been a bell cow. <sighs> Brian Robinson. Know. Brian Robinson isn't taking any more away from well, him than the other backs that Gibson has played with. Why the are last we not talking seasons. about? Why are we not talking about J D. McKissick? 
because James Cook is the next J.D. McKissick, and James Cook is elite. So And J.D. McKissick is just, he's so elite. Uh, probably he, he probably running back, probably a running back three for JD this year. I don't expect Brian Robinson to do much, but you and you and you can. Well, Brian Robinson got the start in a pre. I don't really care. I don't really care. I, I think I think if you're Gibson's just, returning punts, yeah. So so did Naheem Hines. He still does. I, I, he was RB fifteen in twenty twenty. Obviously, there's something going on there, but I think for people to think that it's materializing yet, it's just silly. So I think, yeah, I think we're good. Plus, why why is this new news anyways? Like. It's not. It's not. So. Logan Thomas. He's back. Yay. As we expected. What do you like him at production wise? Um, I, I like him as a tight end one. That is so bold. I love it. I know you were. I knew you were going to say that. I was baiting you. Into I wrote this. I wrote this short on locals a while ago. I talked about it on the pod a while ago. He put up 12.5 points per game in 2020 with one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I expect him to right. do it again. I'm gonna say he, he was on he was on track to do it last year when he was healthy and playing. I'm gonna say he's gonna be a tight end. Wait for it. Two. Oh, they're saying everyone's a tight end too. <laughs> um I really do think it's kind of funny though. I think all of their best positional players are gonna end up being the second echelon of players in their yeah. in their in their yeah. position group. Yeah, so. the the ones the one thing I will say with Logan Thomas from a dynasty perspective is he is one of the best values that you can get as a contender if you're wanting some solid production or, or solid fantasy producers in the late rounds. Yeah, like he he goes he goes so late, man. May, may, oh, and maybe absolutely. not even like twentieth round. It's 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 literally free. Go get him. He's yeah. he's one of the most surefire producers that you're going to get that late. I he like is. it. All so, right, let's see. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if you're right. Uh, let's go to the NFC North here. Uh, let's go to the Vikings. You know, with Kirk, oh, man, dare dare I say he'll be a quarterback too? Could I even – do I even have the nerve? Kirk Cousins, he's he's a yellow QB, is it? No, he's he's been green no, a couple times. No, he's pretty yellow. He's the Derek Carr. He's green often. He's, he's always a low-end oh, quarterback one. He was a low-end quarterback one. All right, let's put him there then so we can, so we can I give think you – can, I think he can break that. Oh, I mean, I think JJF has a historic year. JJF has a historic year, and he helps Kirk break RB1. All right, let's say, let's say Kirk Cousins, a low-end quarterback one. Uh, Justin Jefferson, my pick to be the number one overall wide receiver this year. For a lot That's of reasons. That's so bold. But, oh, I know. Over Jamar Chase? I know. How dare you? I don't I, I don't. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, Thielen, probably a wide receiver three or four, right? If he's healthy. I think he's still got it. Yep. High-end um, wide receiver three. Yeah, I like that. Um, Dalvin? I'm gonna say running back one. I think because I think they'll use him in the passing game enough to where <laughs> in PPR leagues it won't even be a question. Dude, for me, with if he's not injured for me on a points per game basis, it's not even a question. For um, me, I think he is absolutely a running back one. Irv Smith. Um, tight end two. <gasps> oh, I said two. You always say people are second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. I hope he jumps up though. I would love to see him break out and bump out a Gasecki. Um. You know, oh yeah, some, yeah. You're right. Like there, that. there are some open spots there, but there's a lot of guys that were flirting with running yeah, absolutely, with absolutely. tight end one numbers last season that could get there. The Packers really are. I mean, I guess, I guess, really the only you know fantasy irrelevant ones are t- are wide receiver and tight end. But I think you know quarterback wise, they're going to have a quarterback one in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think running back wise, they're going to have a running back one in Aaron Jones, and maybe a low end running back two. What two? Maybe a low-end running back two in A.J. Dillon. Maybe a high-end running back three, like 26. I, I yeah. just, I think, I think, you know, there are a lot of people that agree that it's it's possible that Aaron Jones is the leading pass catcher for the Packers this year. I think he has a huge role. I don't, I, you know, and, and obviously Sleeper told us that they're 1A and 1B. No, no, not 1A and 1B. Matt LaFleur said they're 1A, 1A. So either... That doesn't even make any sense. I, either they're the same... Or, or like, Lafleur is just. Oh my gosh, I would never want him writing like any organizational outlines for oh, me. Yeah, that would be bad. You'd be like, wait. My favorite thing. What? My favorite thing is is oh, Jamar and T are wide receiver one A and one B. I'm like, do you know that A comes before B in the alphabet? 
<laughs> I mean, we did say that, and that does make, I don't say that. that. That does make a little bit more sense because you're including them both in, in one. Like, yeah, you know, yeah like but in, uh, one in outline. A, one A, one B. Yes. One a no, you're right, B. because we do value Jamar over T. Yes, Higgins. It is pretty clear. Yes. I, I mean, but, but that, regardless, the idea is they can be in the same Regardless, tier. I think they both, I think these running backs have both, good, oh, A.J. Dillon's going to be a top 12 running back yeah. this year. No, he's not. Well, LaFleur could have said 1A and 1A also because they, uh, their names both start because with A. Because he doesn't a. know his alphabet? No, their names both start with A. Oh, that's true. Yeah, one Aaron, one AJ. That makes more sense, actually. Now, I, oh, AJ Dillon, he's he's the sleeper of the... No, he's not. And he'll probably be good eventually, you know, projection-wise, but Dude, it's not going to be till Aaron Jones is gone. If everyone thinks AJ Dillon is a sleeper, he's not a sleeper. <sighs> Lazard? I uh, I put my money on him being the lead receiver there. Actually, probably, I would... Probably a wide receiver, maybe even a high-end wide receiver, too. Yep. Everybody's a wide yep. receiver too. And when that happens, I'm selling the heck out of him because everyone's going to be so high on him and he's not that great of a receiver. But Aaron I, or I, Aaron Rodgers can make him look good. You're right. I don't think anybody else there gets very much. I, Romeo Dubs, no. It, it, wide receiver four or five at best. Sell Romeo Dubs. Uh, Christian Watson, wide receiver three at best. Probably more likely wide receiver four or five. Yep. Um, who else is even there? I mean, Tunyon is probably going to be a tight end too. Yeah. Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. Not both not even worth it. I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here though and because of Rogers' tendencies that he's shown for 15 years, I'm going to say that Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins, all three of them equally have a better chance at being the lead receiver there this season than Dubs. Their lead receiver Watson. might be a wide receiver 3. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. All of them have a better chance at being the lead yeah. receiver there than Dubs and Watson combined. I think that's pretty clear, actually. Um, Look at the history, guys. Yeah. Look at the history. For the Lions, let's go to Jared Goff. Um, oh, man, another tough one. Dare, dare we say he's a quarterback, too, here? I, I, I just... I, he's not a quarterback one. Lions but, are taking a step up here. They and are. They've surrounded him with a handful of pretty lethal weapons who I think Hawkinson actually leads in the passing game. I think he's the most lethal weapon that Goff has. I mean, I'm not going to put him over Amon Ra, and I'm definitely this year not putting him over JMO. So with 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 Jared Goff, I say quarterback two, maybe even a mid-quarterback two, don't you think? I think he's a good value for contending teams right now. They have a lot of weapons. Yeah. Goff isn't great, but he's a quarterback in a Superflex league. And with Hawk, like, man, we'll do a short on Hawk this week because his value just has seemed to go over all over the place and recently is trending down. But with Hawk, I think he's definitely a top 12 tight end this year. I mean, easily. Oh, he's top eight. Yeah, easily. Easily. He is. He has elite upside. Do I see any uh, Lions receivers becoming a wide receiver one? No. Do I see any of them being a wide receiver two? Mm, I'm not seeing that. I think their best wide receiver. Comes I think in, Amon in Ra. The late 20s. I think Amon Ra has the best chance, of and that. I don't think he does it. Chark will be. I think Chark yeah, is a yeah. surefire low end wide receiver three. Yeah, early, I think you can count on him to put some four. production out there where you can actually start him a few weeks, and he could surprise a little bit. He's a good receiver. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I think, is going to be a running back one this year. Yep, I think this is the year. You know, and he's looked good in. I mean, when he's when he's healthy, he's looked good, and you know, obviously, he's going to get every single value. I shouldn't even have, you know, what I shouldn't have to defend myself because of of the clowns in our leagues that won't rank him in even in the top twelve. No, DeAndre he, Swift will be a running back one this he's, year. He's he's trending up, trending up, trending up. Rookie, who's going to number I mean, fifteen on a points per game basis as a sophomore last year, sophomore season, he was eighth. So he he was a RB one from that standpoint on a points per game basis last it's, year. If he's, healthy, if he's healthy, him and Hawk are going to tear up. I mean, they're going to be the offensive. Yeah, that's oh, those are the best targets for a mediocre quarterback in golf. Hawk, Swift. Now, what has Swift done? What is and he Amon Ra here and there. Freaking meatheads. Um, did I miss a position group there? No, I think it's everybody. Uh, the Bears. Oh, Justin Fields. Do you think he's a quarterback too this year? No. Okay, let's put him at quarterback. Let's put, that's he's bad, a man. he's a high end QB three. That's that's rough, um, dude. The Bears are buns. Yeah, they literally got him no weapons. Uh, Mooney, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, probably. Um, I think he's a I think he's a mid to high wide receiver two. He he has zero competition whatsoever. Just commit. What? Just call commit. 
Oh, Cole Komet. Yeah, but Komet was there last season. No, but I do and think I mean, Komet's going to be a guy that I think is going to take a step up. Okay, though. but Fields will be better than Dalton was last year. Maybe. And that, that will probably make up for the gap there, and then Mooney will still end up putting up some solid production. I, I'll say late wide receiver two. Um, you can say mid. I, we're not that far off. With Komet, though, I think, woof. Is he a tight end one this year? Yes, in my opinion. <laughs> right, it's not that there. hard to no, be a tight end not. one. It's, it's not. not. You're right. And really, uh, from from 9 to 12, tight end 9 to 12, it's not even that impressive, no, really. It's not. It, and a lot of times that, that comes when you're a tight end 9 to 12, that means that you had some weeks that were really, really good, and you had some weeks that were really, really, really bad. We saw it with Gusecki last year. He was, you know, top three for the first half of the season, and then he kind of fell off, and where did he end up? Seven, eight, nine. He he, he wasn't, no, he wasn't seven. I like he was Komet, like nine or yeah. ten. I, I think. like Komet to break out this year, too. Montgomery, honestly, he could be a running back one pretty easily, in my opinion. He's done it before, no problem. But they have no. Had, I just he had uh, injury issues last year. I'm gonna I'm gonna say running back one. I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna say running back one. I just I but, think. But Khalil Herbert. Oh, for the love! Man. Come <laughs> on. He he's been an RB two on a points per game basis the last two seasons: seventeen point seven and fifteen point one. And he was fourth in PPR leagues two years ago. <sighs> yeah, fourth in fourth in PPR leagues two years ago. In fifteen games, he missed a game. He missed four this past season. Didn't even break a thousand yards, but he had 42 receptions for 300 receiving yards. He has a bit of a receiving upside. He does. Yeah, I I think I think I think even just as rushing alone, he's going to get so many touches, man. Yeah, where where do you think that uh, if if he puts up an RB one season this year, where do you how do you think that affects his dynasty value? Well, it's just, I mean, obviously the contract thing is the main concern for people. So yeah. Do you think the Bears, I think will, the Bears resign will resign him? him? Who else do they have to pay? Oh, Khalil Herbert. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like well, who won offense are they paying? Literally no one. He he went in the draft. He went 309. So he he's not like that replaceable of an asset, I guess. Three, three you, really think, fine. you really think in the next three rounds next year that, that, that the they'll Bears draft a running back? And get a running no, back. they, they better be building their, their offensive concern. line. They better David be Montgomery's not going to be overly their... expensive either. For, the, for their situation? Right. No, right. I, I like David Montgomery's value in, in Dynasty. I, yeah, I think his his presence on a horrible team in general, he'll he'll be that guy that can just make something out of nothing. I think... I think, I think I think Brees Hall is a good comp for David Montgomery. I think I think I think yeah, Brees, Brees could Hall actually Brees similar. could have the David Montgomery ceiling actually, and I like that a lot. Yeah, that's I, that's not. I bad. think people. Who, I think just the problem is people say, "Oh, Brees has the JT ceiling." Like, no, he actually. Yeah, so. he's not running back four no. in dynasty right now. No. Um, let's go to the NFC South. So let's start with the Bucks. Tom Brady's back with the Bucks. Was he on the Masked Singer? We don't know, but that's obviously a conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> I bet he sucked if he was on the Mass Singer. I also bet he'll be a quarterback one this year pretty easily. I mean, it's just every year. Yeah. I do think he'll probably take a step back. But, he, yes. So I'm going to say late quarterback one. Definitely a possibility that he is a quarterback seven to a quarterback 12. 10 or 11. Yeah. Well, it could be a 12 just because of the injuries alone, man. They have the lost. injuries and yeah, it, offensive it's been pretty line, devastating. Godwin maybe not coming back right away. Gronk is gone. I mean, nobody wants to talk about Brady splits without Gronk. <sighs> not great, guys. We don't want to doubt no. Brady's ability it, as an but... NFL player. We're talking about fantasy production here. Him as a fantasy asset is is not as good without Gronk. Mike Evans. Man, he, he's probably going to be. A, he'll, he'll probably be a wide receiver one again. He's probably going to be a low end wide receiver. He's one. I think done he's it one every of those single guys year. It's not a lock, but he's definitely in the conversation to have a very good shot. What about yep. Chris Godwin? I think Chris Godwin, when he comes back, points per game wise, will be a wide receiver one. Yeah, he may just miss it again if he isn't. Because even if he plays Week One, it'll probably take him. I I would bet probably four or five games to get back to his old self. So you know, obviously finishing overall, if he's not, you know. A wide receiver one because of his injury that puts him in the wide receiver two range. Sorry to give you another yep. wide receiver two there, um, but I like both those guys this year, especially with very little, very very little competition at tight end. I don't have any of those guys being a maybe one of those guys slips in as a late tight end two or a, a low end tight end two, but that would be uh, Kyle Otten. Rudolph, right? 
No, no. I'd put my money on Kate Otten really? or Cameron Bray over Rudolph. Rudolph is shot, man. Dude, they he, brought but they brought him in to, to start. As a blocker. Maybe. But I think that I think they all have equally likely chances to get I don't know which one of them it will be. And I don't yeah. care because you're talking about a low yeah. end tight end two in Dynasty, it doesn't matter. I think Rudolph in his career has been a tight end tight end one, like an elite tight end one once or twice ever. And he's he's stayed in the league for so long because he's so good at what he does, and, and that's being a blocking. Tell me about end. Lenny. So, um, four hundred pound Lenny. Um, he nice. will be. Oh, I'm gonna say it. Don't. High end RB. No. Two. Everybody's an RB two in your ranking. Uh, oh my gosh. I um, I agree with you. I yeah. think I, there's not much more to say there. With the Falcons, Mariota, quarterback three probably. I don't see him cracking the top 24. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting with these offensive line injuries um, that that we see for the Bucks. I wonder if it will help or hurt the the running back um, position for the Bucks, just because maybe Brady's going to have to get rid of it faster. I just I just went on to the Falcons. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I said Mariota. Oh, my bad. I know. I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> what? I just wanted to say my last thing about oh, okay. Lenny. Um, go, we, go, to the, go to the Falcons. Okay, fine. Fine. Um, Mariota. Quarterback three. At, at most. There, you know what's funny? Desmond Ritter's probably going to get some snaps this year. That's hilarious, man. Good for him. Yay. Yeah, good for him. He's not very good. Sell him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, running back? <laughs> not. They're not going to have an RB2 there, I don't think. Nah, I don't see. I don't see Algier doing it. I don't see Corderell doing it again. I think because I think I think Algier takes a lot of his snaps, even though he's a warm body taking running back snaps, which is obviously what you look for. I don't think he's gonna. I don't know. I think there are a lot of. I could see, I could see one of them. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them, especially Corderell with his receiving upside, being able to crack, just crack RB two. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. I'll it. say safely. Running back three there um, for both of them. Uh, I no, just one of them. I think one of them will mm. be an RB four. If Algier puts up an impressive season, you're selling the heck out of him, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when with Drake London, <sighs> what do you think? Wide receiver I, I, three. Yeah, that's what I think too. Uh, and Kyle Pitts is a tight end one. Not even a question. Not Top even a question. Six. Um, yeah, there's really not a ton of fantasy relevant guys on that team. I don't think. Yeah, who uh, uh, Brian Edwards is going to do anything. Who the receivers? Here. Yeah, I know. So there's I, really not. Gosh, I love Brian outside. Edwards too. But it's just not going to happen. I loved him in Vegas. Now. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, with the Panthers, Baker probably a low end quarterback too. Yeah, it's probably sounded like there's a lot of QB twos here, but you got to remember the AFC has a lot of QB ones. So we had a lot of those QB two positions yeah. to fill. There's also twelve QB two positions. I don't think we've said twelve QB twos. No, we haven't. Um, because I've been counting. Yeah. So Baker's probably going to fall there. Yeah. I think he'll start the whole year there. Yeah. You know, the only reason he's starting is because Matt Corral got injured, right? Because Matt Corral was <laughs> Matt start. amazing. Well, and Sam Darnold. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even <laughs> fake talk about Sam Darnold. He's so bad. Man. Um, yeah. He'll, he'll be fine. DJ Moore will take a step up. So wide receiver one. I think I we've think got one his, or two more wide receiver one slots we can give out. Here, yeah. Here's, I go back and forth because DJ Moore is such a good receiver. He's so, so good. So he's, is true. he's going to capitalize on anything that's even remotely better. There's no one else there. Tight end wise or wide receiver wise. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying wide receiver the one. The more you say it, the more I'm like, okay, I, I'm probably going to buy into it this year. I'm, prob- I'm probably going to break and say DJ Moore will be a wide receiver one. Great, great value in dynasty still, by the way. For some, I mean, for somebody yeah, like that is. to still be going in the fifth round is pretty good. Yep. Um, no, I don't really like any tight ends. Oh, Tommy Trimble though. Stop. Um, CMC. Oh gosh, I hope I don't ruffle feathers here. Honestly, I've not been projecting injuries, so obviously if he stays healthy, he's a running back one. Overall. Yeah. But honestly, you know, so we'll we'll say RB we'll say RB1. I don't think he stays healthy, but that's just me. I'm not going to project him like that though cuz you don't you don't try to predict injuries. That's a stupid way to play dynasty. <laughs> so, I'm going to peg him as an RB1. And outside of that, nobody else there. Obviously if 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 he does get hurt, then who do they have? Is it Hilliard that backs him up now? Uh, no, it's uh, who who did they Dante Foreman? Or is it Foreman? Yeah, it's Foreman, and then Chuba. Yeah, neither of them are relevant. Um, Foreman Foreman will be relevant if 
CMC gets hurt, Correct. which is that absolutely is in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Um, and then the Saints. Um, man, I think we know the upside that Jameis has, you know, in a, from a scoring standpoint in dynasty or in fantasy. His, I mean, his upside's quarterback one, a quarterback one. Do we want to give him that honor? I mean, I think his weapons are good. Oh man, I, I mean, he was, he was, so bad. High end, high end quarterback he, too. I you, no, 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 no. Well, what I'm saying is, I, I think I agree with you. Even though he's really just not that great of a quarterback, he I scores wise, fantasy points. He scores fantasy points. I, I don't see how he can't have that ceiling because he's done it before with weapons that were not that much better than what he has now. He Let's, literally has Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Olave. Well, I mean, so. he did do that with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's a little bit different. Those are better, I think. Yeah, but in terms of upside, I mean, Michael Michael Thomas has been the wide receiver and one And is going to get him a bunch of points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's right. say fringe QB1 there. Um, yeah. Kamara, if he doesn't, let's, let's assume he plays a whole season here. I still think he's a running back. RB1, one. it's not It's not a question. Don't give up on these guys that have proven because it they year turn, in and year out. Because they blow out their 27 birthday candles. Oh. Yeah, and well, yeah, and that's the thing. People are going to be like, well, uh, Nathan and Avery, you just trashed Zeke Elliott for that. Well, Zeke Elliott has shown a declining trend for the last three years. Totally different type of player, too. Kamara and Dalvin have not. They have not. And they've not had a devastating injury in the last season to make you wonder if they're not going to break RB1 again. They're, they're going to do it until they don't, and they haven't shown any signs of slowing down yet. I say they're both unquestioned RB1s this year. In 2023, we can talk again. Yeah. Um, Chris Olave. Wide receiver three? At most. I like Olave, though. Yep. Michael Thomas? Wide receiver... Two, I think so too. Um, is there, this is Jarvis Landry, wide receiver four or five, probably. Yep. Um, who else we got there? Marquez Callaway. No, and then they don't really have their tight ends are going to be um, Troutman, Troutman, Nothing. and um, uh, Taysom Hill. So I don't think any of them will be relevant either. So um, no, not at all. Not a you know, we'll see with the Saints. But all right, last division. Let's finish this thing up. Uh, NFC West. Anybody good on the Rams? Oh, there's a lot of good on the Rams. I was being sarcastic. You're so I, you are so No, I know. I, I know. Okay. I was just restating. Okay, all right. Come on. Matt gonna. Stafford, quarterback one, not a question. In Dynasty, he's a low end quarterback one. He's got so many years in him. Boom. Left. And he just got a Cooper big deal Cup, contract. Wide receiver one. Book it. Overall? No. Justin That's Jefferson. right, because you just say J. Jeff. Yeah. So two or three for him, you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, a Rob. <sighs> I I'm gonna I'm. Yep. Let's say it. Do it. Not everybody can be a wide receiver, too, Nathan. I'm not even gonna say. Okay, high end wide receiver two. Wow. I almost wanted to say I almost wanted to do it. Say low end wide receiver one. That would be crazy. He could do it though. Stafford could support there, those guys. He absolutely like, can. So that the, the yardage is there, the attempts are there, the receptions are there. Robert Woods just left. And they <laughs> on a points per game basis, you can check me here. I'm almost certain it's happened though. Robert Woods and Cup together have combined on a points per game basis. That is true. Once. That is true. They did that last year in the first couple yes. weeks of the season. And right. they they were on Let's say it then. Track so we can that. we can untrigger people. Low end wide receiver one. That's a bold I, it's prediction. It's super bold, but, but I think it's possible. I don't, I don't think it's it's so, so, so possible. He dude, he literally A Rob was a wide receiver one for the freaking Jags and the Bears. <laughs> now he's with right. pass happy I mean, LA. He's old now, but I don't think it matters. He's not that old. He's twenty eight years old. Is he twenty nine? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. He's not even thirty. Yeah. He's chilling. Um and Van Jefferson, wide receiver four or five. He uh, could be low end wide receiver. Tyler Higby's a tight end too. Cam Akers is interesting. Where do you put Cam Akers at? Low end RB two. All right, let's count it there. I have him ranked nineteenth in dynasty rankings, I believe. Yeah, I, I think I think some people are 
still oddly very very high on him. I think I think actually at price he's not a bad player right now. I don't I, I, don't, I don't know. Him, the, the one time I tried to get him, I just they got him were the, trying to get a stupid amount in a startup. I just got him at the six oh nine. That's pretty chill. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm easy. But I, I'm saying I'm saying in like in season trades and stuff. Or yeah, no, no, no. Traits, I'm not, I'm not like, jumping on the K-Makers. Dude, the draft capital you and have Henderson, to give up. Henderson will probably be an RB3, so. Ugh, at, at most. I think he will. I think, I think, we'll he's, a, I think he's a pretty good handcuff. Do you, do you think they could be a bit more of a committee since they're such a pass-happy team like the Bills? Yeah, I, I think I think Daryl Henderson will get a lot of run. I think a lot of people think that. I think most people will tell you that they think Daryl Henderson will pretty safely be a running back three. So Okay, cool. Uh, and yeah, I just said he's a tight end too. All right, moving on. Cards. Kyler Murray. Higby a tight no, Higby's a tight end one. No, he's not. It's not that hard to be tight end nine to twelve. He's not gonna be that high. He's not gonna get enough targets for that to happen. It's it's all target dependent. There's no way. Why not? Because you have Cup there he, and Allen Robinson. They had Robert Woods there last year. Dude, he he flirted with tight end one numbers last year. I don't think he does any better. He than was he, he was thirteenth. And he was 13th, and he only played 15 games. No, I'm putting him. I'm saying tight end two for him. Okay, cool. He he is a good value though. Oh, absolutely, he is. He and he's startable. I mean, he's especially backupable. Yeah, he's kind of he's probably one of the most forgettable tight ends in dynasty that you can almost in trades you can seriously get him as a throw in. Oh, easily. Yeah, no, he's a great value. I just don't see him being top 12. I think there's a lot of tight ends that have potential to jump up this year. So I just think it gets it's going to get crowded there, eight to 12, and so I think he'll get bumped down to. You know, tight end two range. Um, Kyler Murray is going to be a QB one. He could be QB. He could be. Actually, you're right, because he's got pretty good weapons. And I think, you know, I think Marquise Brown is um, when he, if he plays a whole season, where do you see him finishing? High end wide receiver two. You have so many. Oh, I will say it again. Um, (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins, probably going to be a wide receiver three overall once he gets back. Yeah, on a points per game basis, he could be, in my opinion, a I wide think receiver too. Stop saying that. Points per game, though, he's not going to finish as a wide receiver <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, I know. Um, Zach Ertz, probably a tight end one. That's a guy I'll put in there. Who have we? Uh, let, before I say top six, again, who who do we have as top six? Kyle Pitts, Pitts, Kittle, Kittle, Schultz, Schultz, Andrews, Mark Andrews, Kelsey. We already said Kelsey, didn't we? No. Oh, Kelsey. Okay. And I, Hawkinson. It's pretty crowded up it there. Is, it is crowded. I'll give him seven, I to, think seven it, to ten. It'll it'll depend on who stays healthy because one or two of those guys will not play the entire season. Yep, you're right. Um, I don't think Waller does it. James Conner. Low end running back two? Uh, low end running back one. Wow. We were way off there. You really think he gets that high? I think he does it again. With the, with the contract... They're they're gonna use them. Oh, I said low end running back two. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, okay. I meant to say high end running back two, but yeah, I still have him as a low end running back one. All right, it, which I'm that's a big that. deal for me because I I was a known James Conner hater, and he proved me wrong. You were I was such saying, a big baby about James Conner. It's yeah, so freaking funny. Yeah. Um, did I miss anybody? On the Cardinals, I, I mean, I is, like is Eno Benjamin going to no, do anything? No, 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 no. Who, who no. else did they have? Is there another wide receiver? I was oh, I guess Rondale, probably a wide receiver four. I think he could do wide receiver three. All right, we'll see. I like. I don't. It, at that point, it doesn't really matter. For People, me. okay. Rondale is a guy in dynasty that you can absolutely buy right now because there he's already be con, being considered a bust. Again, what that, did you re- what <laughs> what did you expect from him being a rookie wide receiver? Being a rookie wide receiver on a team that had AJ Green. With years, a decade of experience, and Christian Kirk, who had a couple years of chemistry with with Kyler before that, and Marquise Brown, who's an elite receiver. What did you expect? Yeah. The opportunity. Oh, <laughs> did I say DeAndre Hopkins? Oops. Yeah. Now D Hop is gone for the first six games. Now Marquise is in. Well, no, Marquise is there. I'm sorry. I said Marquise earlier. And I said that he had experience with Kyler. That was my bad. Marquise is there now. D Hop is out. Kirk is gone. The opportunity is there for Rondell to be a wide receiver three. Let's move to the 49ers. Uh, Trey Lance in his first season. Where do you see him? It's a hard one. I, th- I think fringe QB one. Uh, his 
I think his his range is eleven to fifteen. All right, let's call it that. Um, Kittle's a tight end one. Debo's a wide receiver one. I'll be I'll go with you there. I think I just think he's a low end, but there's just a lot of receivers for me. This low year. end, you think like seven to nine? Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, I think is going to be a wide receiver three, probably high end. Maybe flirt with getting in a low end wide you receiver. Flirt two. with two. I, I actually, I, think, I just think there's a lot of guys in that wide receiver two range that I like more than Ayuk. Yeah, there, there's just only so much I can ask of Lance this season in terms of that fantasy production. I don't true. know if he can really support Ayuk and Debo and Kittle. Elijah Mitchell will be a low end RB two at best. Yeah, that's where he was last yeah. year. I don't see him. I, don't, yeah. I, don't. I expect big things from Kittle, and this could even boost his dynasty value a bit because he will just—he's a steal. He is going to feed off of the rookie mind of Trey Lance. Kittle, Kittle is a steal in dynasty drafts right now. He's only twenty-eight. He's so dominant, man. If he stays healthy, people are—I mean—and he's really not been that banged up. I mean, he's been banged up, but he's played through a lot of it, and he's been productive through a lot of yep. it, and that's important. He will be Lance's easiest target. Last team. The Seattle Seahawks do not have a quarterback one, and they probably do not have a quarterback two. Actually, they definitely don't have either of those. Nope. There's no probably about it. Nope. Um, they, I don't think they have an RB1. They probably have an RB2 in Rashad Penny, if Rashad Penny gets the majority of the carries like we think. Um, I don't think they have a wide receiver one. I think DK is going to be low. Uh, High-end wide receiver three. Low end RB or low end wide receiver too, and that's per, and that's temporary. I think DK's got great value, and I think his situation is going to improve once they draft a quarterback. And I think he'll be. I think he's a buy in dynasty for redraft. I just don't love it, and I think that's not a hot take by any means. And then tight end wise, Noah Font, um, high end tight end two, tight end one. Mm, I like it. Noah Font's a guy that's really forgettable because number one he got traded, and number two when he was on Denver, everybody wanted to talk about Alberto. But I, he's in our top twelve dynasty rankings, and I really do think he could have a productive season. I think you're right, man. We just everybody in our rankings there was wide receiver two, quarterback two. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, hey, and keep in mind, last thing with Font on a points per game basis, he has been a tight end one the last two seasons with horrible quarterback play. That's Drew Locke, and Drew Locke moved with him to Seattle. It can't get worse, guys. Cannot. Um, you know, I think I think it's important to note, obviously, number one, we hardly know anything. Uh, number two, these are projections. We're probably going to be wrong about at least half of them. Um, and number three, I do think these are grounded in well-conducted research. So I do think we I do think we have some some backing to what we're saying. Um, we just we just want to you know throw out the disclaimer that we don't know everything. If you've got a gut feeling, go with your gut feeling because I don't want to be the guy that's responsible for um, going against your gut. But these are these are mostly shots in the dark. I mean, yeah, this is a, this is these are ranges. Yeah, it is important knowledge to have though because since we talk about dynasty so much, a lot of times the the way you value a player in dynasty when you're starting them, you're like, oh, they're amazing. And they're a rookie, when in reality they're they're only going to put up maybe probably wide receiver three at best numbers for you, like yep. you you that's can't the dynasty that's the dynasty player curse man. Yes, don't don't forget the realistic fantasy numbers that they're going to put up this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Be careful. So before we close out here, predictions for the NFC oh, yeah. this year. Uh, real quick, we talked about this earlier, so I've got them off the top of my head. Out of the NFC East, give me the Eagles. <gasps> fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are overrated. I'll take the Cowboys as a, um, a wild card team, though, my first wild card team. Uh, out of the NFC North, give me the Packers. Give me the Vikings as my second wild card team. Hot, Ooh. hot pick there, but I just, I like the Vikings this year with the combination of Cousins and Jefferson, I think, and then Cook. I think their offense is unstoppable. If their defense can get it together, they should be a wild card team in the NFC. And the NFC South, give me the Bucks coming out of that division and nobody else. And the NFC West, give me the Rams winning the division and the Cardinals getting the last wild card spot. What about you? All right, all right. Well, I'm going NFC East. I was the first one to call this of the three of us in the domain. I'm going with the Eagles as well. Um, it's really, after this, it's not much of a question who's going to win these other divisions. Packers win the North. Bucks win the South. Even though I have concerns about the Bucks, why would you vote against Brady or why would you vote against Rodgers yep. in, in the North? 
Uh, in the West, going with the defending Super Bowl champs, that's the Rams. My um, wild cards, this is where it gets a little fun. Um, I'm going with the Cardinals and the Niners. So that's three teams from the NFC West that are going. And then you kind of got me on the train with this one. <sighs> Sorry, man. I don't, I, I don't I've debated like either. Be, debated between the Saints and the Vikings. I go back and forth. Today, today I'm going to go with the Vikings. Wow. I am surprised I am, you agree with me on that. I'm leaving the Cowboys. Leaving the Cowboys I'm out. leaving the Cowboys out so of this. Bitter. That's hilarious. I, gosh, people are going to get so mad at me, and I don't. I just don't care. Mike McCarthy is bottom three. <laughs> in, yeah, in, in, head easily, in head coaches in the NFL. He is horrible. And I literally, I think he is so bad, so bad that he will be the reason they don't make the playoffs this year. They are, they have elite weapons like they, they usually do yeah. there. They have, there has not been a consistent winner in the, of the NFC East in the last 17 years. They haven't won back to back NFC championships since the nineties. It's going to be a crapshoot. It's, it's a whole NFC will be, they, they will compete for that wild card spot and they're going to lose because Mike McCarthy is going to screw them over. If you like what you heard, regardless of if you agree with us or not, make sure you give a rating to our podcast. We've gotten a lot of really good ratings from you guys. We really appreciate the the base that we've been able to create and we appreciate all of you guys. We appreciate um, all the interactions we've had with you too. We um, have really enjoyed this. But this has really only been the off season. We are literally two podcasts away from the NFL season. Cannot wait. It is going to be amazing. We really, really hope you stick around and keep listening to us because we're going to have a ton of in-season content. It is going to be loads of fun. So uh, make sure you check out our YouTube page. Like I said, we got that up and going. Uh, Dynasty Domain, obviously, is the name of that channel. Uh, we've got shorts coming out about three a week at this point. We're also posting the podcast on there, too, in case you like listening on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitter at Domain Dynasty. I got that right for once in my life. Uh, the website DynastyDomain.com is still under construction for some people. Some people, for some people, it's working. I don't understand. I, I'm still figuring Makes that out. Makes no sense at all. Yeah. But uh, as always, thank you for listening. This has been Dynasty Domain. Dynasty Domain.